Smart, keeping you healthy and pain-free. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today we're going to talk about what it's like being a modern DPT student um, in general and at the Combined Sections meeting, which took place earlier this month, and we'll also cover how students can get involved. And is there a place for students in the APTA and at the combined sections meeting, which of course there is, that's the answer to that. But how does everyone benefit from the seasoned physical therapist to the new grads to the DPT students by having a strong student presence, both in the APTA, at these combined section meetings and other meetings and and in the profession in general. So I'm thrilled to have with me uh, Brooke McIntosh. Brooke is a third year DPT student at the University of St. Augustine in St. Augustine, Florida. She is the Student Assembly Board of Directors, Director of Communication. And we'll talk about exactly what that means in a second. And if you are on Twitter, you can follow her at Brooke McIntosh. So Brooke, thank you for coming on and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. Great. So let's start with Director of Communication of the Student Assembly. So what does that mean? What is your job? What are your duties? So my job as the Director of Communications really is such an amazing opportunity. So I have the chance to increase Um, communication between all students, the student assembly, and the profession at large, really. So I run the social media accounts. Um, We tweet at APTASA, so you can follow us there. Um, We're also on Facebook, and I actually help, or I do write, I don't help write, I write the um, student newsletter every month, The Pulse, um, to try to help bring students together and tell them ways that they can get involved and really try to keep that motivation um, that can get lost in being a student going. Great. And, and one funny thing at, at CSM uh, earlier this month, I ran into Brooke and TJ um, and Dr. Louis Puentendora, and I had my badge on and Dr. Puentendora said, what is a, what's, what's that on your badge? I said, I have a PTDPT. I don't know. He's like, no, it says PTDTP. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then Brooke came to the rescue and said, hey, I'd keep it. It just means PT down to party. I don't see anything wrong with that. Guilty as charged. <laughs> and I should have taken a picture of it. But then when I got the new one done, that said PTDPT, what it should say. I think they just threw the other one away. So I wish I kept it, but I would have walked around with that the entire time. If I think you should, you hadn't should said ask to have that on yours every time and have it be <laughs> your conversation starter. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so before we get into what is the student assembly and, and the combined sections meeting and what you guys all do, let's kind of take a step back and let's talk about, well, I think we have to talk about, membership as a student uh, because you can't we can't really talk about the student assembly and everything they do within the APTA without talking about membership first. So I'll ask you, why did you become a member of the APTA? So first of all, I'm a member because it is my professional responsibility. I see it as my insurance on my right to practice 
while I'm studying. I have no idea what happened on Capitol Hill today, but there is someone in APTA offices who knows every single step of the process and what's happening and what they have to do to protect my future profession. Also, being an APTA member has allowed me many opportunities, like expanding my professional network by connecting with other students and practicing therapists. I found all of my mentors through being a member, and I've learned about the issues that the profession is facing and what I can do about them as a student. But while many argue about membership and what the APTA does, I know there's always room and involvement in any association, but I've made the proactive choice to be involved so that I can make, you know, help to make a change for the better. I mean, walking the walk, if you will. Yeah, very well said. And what do you get out of it as a student? So if there are students listening now who are not part of the APTA, what are the, let's say, what are the top couple of benefits that you feel you have gotten and that other students that you know have gotten through being a member? One, networking. I have made all of my professional connections through being an APTA member. Two, I would say the, I guess this is more for, you know, the general student who doesn't know if they want to be involved, but the discounts that you get on things such as conferences and CEUs. And I think there's, I know, actually, there's a lot of membership benefits that are discounts for travel and lodging and all those sort of things. So the, the discounts that students could get. And then the third, I guess I would really say getting to know like what the issues are and what we can do about them as students. Um, the APTA literally hands you things on a silver platter as to how to make a difference and how to get involved. And I really think that that, that would be my third, but I do challenge students to find their own definition of value. While I value mentorship and networking, another student may value all the, the deep discounts that they get on things. So I, those are my three, I guess, but I really challenge students to go out and find their own definition of value outside of their, their professional responsibility. Right. And I mean, and I think that speaks a lot because if you want to be involved in something and you want to pay to be a member of something, then you have to find the value that suits you. And, and my value may be different than yours, may be different from the student sitting next to you in class, you know, next week. But you know, I think it's important for everyone to take a look at what the APTA has to offer and try and really think about what, what is the value for me? And I'm sure there is something that is offered that is of value to every student. And there let is, see how there's not. Yeah, there's actually a list on the APTA website that lists out all of the benefits for students. And I th there's a list of, you know, 20 plus, and I don't even think that it's a fully detailed list, mm -hmm. but I challenge any student that if you, like you say, if you do not find value somewhere on there, then we need to sit down and have a conversation and let me try to help you find the value or see what I can do from the inside out of the association to help you find value. Right. And I think that's really important. So, so now let's get into the student life within the APTA. So first off is what is the student assembly? So I mentioned in the, uh, in the beginning that you're part of the director of communications for the student assembly. What is the student assembly? The student assembly is the largest single component of the APTA, believe it or not. 
We have 25,000 plus members. We represent about 27% of APTA membership. And the Student Assembly just represents the future of the profession. We are the voice of the students in, in, in this larger grand scheme of physical therapy. And how, so once, if you're a student member, are you automatically in the student assembly? Is that how it works? Yes. All students are a member of the student assembly, whether they know it or not. Okay. Okay. There's a difference in the student assembly board of directors Mm -hmm. and the student assembly at large. We are all student members are the student assembly. Okay. All right. Um, This, you know, this is, I was telling Brooke before we started, this is actually good for me as well, because I, I I admit, I do not know a lot about the student aspect of the APTA. When I was a student, I was part of the APTA, but I was in no way, shape, or form as involved and as passionate and as as really present as a lot of the students that I'm seeing now. And, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later as to some reasons why that might be. But um, we'll, we'll talk about that in, in a little bit. Um, so getting back to the student assembly, what does the student assembly do for current students? Because this is probably a question like, hey, if I want to join, what are you going to do for me? Exactly. So plain and simple, the student assembly helps students find their voice by creating opportunities for involvement and professional growth. It is our job to find out what students are interested in and what their ideas are and help them turn into a reality. Trust me, with 25,000 plus students, it's not an easy task, but I love every second of helping to serve all the students as and a member how, of the board. How do you do that? How does the board do that? How do they serve all these students? Very, very carefully. <laughs> I'm sure. We, we reach out to students and we're really trying to figure out what is important to them. Believe it or not, more students than you realize come forth with these fantastic ideas. And it's really our job to sit down. It's, I mean, it's 10 people. We sit down and we try to find, you know, how we can best serve all of these students and how we can best take their ideas and really, really bring them into life. So each year, 10 people are elected to the board of directors at National Student Conclave. From there, we take all the information from the last year's board and what students are currently looking for, what they come to us with, and then we get to work. We elect and appoint project committees and task forces to help us with our goals. Um, A year is not a long time to serve on the Student Assembly Board of Directors, so it, it really starts right after the swearing in and does not end even after the next board is sworn in. And so at the National Student Conclave, Um, That is separate. Is that a separate meeting from uh, like these other PPS or the next meeting or is it within the meetings? No. So National Student Conclave happens in the fall every year. Okay. It is a for students by students conference. Okay. There are the only professionals there are the ones that are either working in the exhibit hall or the ones giving the talks. Okay. And so it's really just a, an amazing experience as a student-based conference. I really suggest it to, to all students, but more for those students who don't really know, you know, what they're interested in as far as going to CSM, you know, there's all these sections, but mm-hmm. if you're not really sure where you want to go into as far, you know, pediatrics or home health or what you're interested in, you know, it, it can be overwhelming. It can be intimidating, but I think National Student Conclave is most definitely the first place for, for students to go. Um, great networking opportunities. All of the programming is directly for students. It's Great. Uh, this year, it's going to be in Omaha, Nebraska. 
Okay. Okay. When and what are the dates on that? I can Google them for you right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> so while you're Googling, um, so oh, I got it. October 22nd through the 24th. I knew it was in October, but I didn't want to tell you the wrong days. Okay, so October 22nd to the 24th in Omaha, Nebraska. That's it. Okay, National Student Conclave. So for all you students out there, um, now where can they find, where can students find more information about that? APTA.org slash NSC. NSC, very easy. All right. Okay, so uh, National Student Conclave comes. Now, what's interesting is a lot of students, like you said, one year is not a long time. And I would, I have to assume that there is some heavy turnover within the board of directors because as students graduate and become PTs, they're no longer on the student assembly board. So, you know, as one, as one uh, group graduates and leaves, are how are how is there a continuum so how does that continue does so let's say you're in your third year of school so you are graduating in just a few sh very short months <laughs> right and so now are do you remain active with this student assembly until the next director of communications is chosen yes i do so okay. you can stay on the student assembly board as a new professional uh-huh um and i really think that that has a that, that's, that's a great point to have because you are not only representing at this point, I'm not only representing what I want as a student, but what I'm looking for as a new professional. So I think on this current board, maybe half of us are graduating coming soon, but yes, we, we will stay on until, until national student conclave in October. Got it. Got it. Um, okay. So we talked about what the student assembly is. Uh, what it does, how it works. So can you give me some examples of maybe what you guys are working on now, um, some initiatives or even some initiatives that have happened in the past that have made a real difference in the student life? So I guess I'll start with what happened in the past. So okay. last year, actually, the Student Assembly Board fought forth a motion in the House of Delegates that really challenged the APTA to address the needs of new professionals. And it was a great success. We actually now have a new professionals task force coming up. And on the Student Assembly Board of Directors, we have a new professionals project committee trying to help us bridge the gap between you know, student and new professional. I feel like for a while there was a little bit of limbo. Students didn't know where to go. They did, or new professionals didn't know where to go. They graduated. They were no longer part of the student assembly, mm -hmm. but they didn't really feel like they fit in with, you know, some of the people who have been practicing for 40 years. So the new professionals is actually a group of um, new grads and practicing PTs from the day they graduate through the first five years of practice. Okay. And okay. so that initiative was really to try to help get them more involved. And that was a great success. Um, also the each student, each one of the board of directors is a liaison to a section of the APTA. Okay. So we work really closely with these sections, um, you know, acute care, oncology, all of, all of the sections to help increase opportunities from students, from, you know, from them offering scholarships for conferences to, you know, trying to get them to involve students a little bit more in their conversations and things like task forces. We really want to make sure that the future of the profession's ideas are heard. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree. I think that's a that's that's a wonderful, wonderful idea to have that task force to kind of bridge the gap. 
Um, because it, it's it's true when you graduate, it's kind of a little overwhelming. You know, you're not quite sure what direction to go in sometimes. And now, do these task force and and liaisons do they also help with job seeking and things like that? Because obviously, you graduate, it's pretty important to you know get a job. So, so <laughs> very very important. You know. <laughs> just just a minute detail. Yeah. Actually, the APTA has a website that's strictly for jobs where they they post, you know, job listings and things like that. But I feel like the connections that I've made from being involved are really what's going to help me, you know, get get the job that I'm looking for. Yeah. So okay. I really feel like, you know, I mean, not only does the association you know, help you with things like that, but also putting yourself out there really it helps push you into that next realm too. Sure, sure. Okay, so yeah, go ahead. I wanted to add one more thing. So yeah, 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 the student assembly has and always will do for students is to help create lifelong connections. Starting from the very first very, very scary day in anatomy, students are members of the profession. And our involvement is, is you know, is so important and our energy and passion does not go unnoticed. Um, we need to realize as students, you know, that we're recognized as valuable and an essential part of this association beyond just our large membership numbers. So I think that that's another thing that the student assembly is really striving for. And so aside from creating this sort of task force to bridge the gap for new grads, what, what other examples, what else has the student assembly done for students? Let's say if you have something else in the past or what's on the table? So we, we actually have, there's so many, so many opportunities for involvement. So from the really, really small things, getting involved can be as simple as joining in on our exchange essay chats. Um, We run those every month. The next one is February 23rd. And we'll actually be talking about using your student membership. Um, They happen on Twitter People can join those. So that's um, a tweet chat? It's a tweet chat. Yes, it happens okay. every month with the Student Assembly Twitter. What time? Um, this month it's at 9. We try to change up the days of the week and the time so that you know students who may have class on a Monday night or something like that, yeah. they, can, they can join maybe Makes the next sense. month. Makes sense. Um, the other thing is, is the other micro-involvement opportunities, you know, things that don't take as much time, um, they're not as labor-intensive, would be, you know, simple as joining conversation on Twitter, educating a family member or a seatmate on a plane about what physical therapy is, sending emails to your legislators, um, or you can educate your classmates about the APTA through the student assembly. Um, students can request a Google Hangout with the board of directors for their classmates. And we can talk about whatever topic they want to talk. We are really, really here for the students and to try to help them once again, find their value um, in the association and get involved. The other macro involvement opportunities, um, as far as joining one of the task forces or project committees, we have project committees that are, we have global health, we have community service, we have a liaison to the PT PAC, to the Foundation for Physical Therapy, um, creating student special interest groups. Really, the options are limitless when it comes to the things that we're pushing forth right now because our, our theme is finding homes for students. There should be no reason that a student is interested in getting involved but can't. Mm, absolutely. 
Yeah, I love that finding home for stu- finding homes for students. That's great. Our president even put out he put out a challenge for all of the sections and all of the leaders in our profession during CSM, asking for help with finding homes for students. You know, telling them that that we have students that are interested in being involved, but but we really need you know the help from those sections in doing that. And I think that they were all very interested and they were excited. That's great. And <coughs> excuse me. So we've got, it sounds like a lot of ways to get involved. It doesn't take up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Right. But let's say you want it. Let's say you really wanted to go beyond a tweet chat or um, if you wanted to run for part of the student assembly, you want to run for the board of directors, you want to be a liaison. How can someone do that? How do the students do that? So it's actually extremely simple. We have a phenomenal nominating committee who always put themselves out there to answer any students' questions. So if students go to the, I'm trying to actually pull it up so I can tell you the correct website, um, the student tab on the APTA website, you can find, it's actually apta.org slash studentassembly. I feel like I probably should have known that. Um, You can go on there and the very first bullet is running for office. You can find out, you know, all of the different positions. The time constraints on those positions are posted. Great. What the position entails, they're all there. So, so as far as running for the Student Assembly Board of Directors itself, right there on the front page. If not, students can go click over into student leadership, and there's more information about you know, project committees and also being a core ambassador. Our vice president, Rob, is going to kill me because I did not mention core ambassadors. So a core ambassador is is one student um, from each state, and they are that state's liaison to the student assembly. We send them information and they push it out to the students just as much as they bring us information, you know, asking for guidance or or how they can help. So it's really you know, a two-way street whenever it comes to working with our state and our core ambassadors. So that's really great. So all the information for that can be found under the student leadership tab on the student assembly website, or they can reach out to our nominating committee, which all of their um, contact information is there as well. Great. So these sound like really easy ways to get involved and you can get involved in, at a lot of different levels. Um, so let's, let's get to, so that was my next question is how could, how could students get involved? So let's bypass that and let's go straight now to, uh, the experience at CSM. So, you know, that was earlier this month, the beginning of February, the combined sections meeting were in Indianapolis from the 4th through the 7th. Uh, I believe there were maybe a little over 9,000 people there, over 3,000 students, um, so that kind of almost matches the student to PT ratio within the whole APTA, right? Yeah. Almost about one third, right? So pretty true to uh, the statistics in the APTA as a whole. So first let's talk about what was your experience like at CSM? And then as director of communications for the student assembly, maybe you can share uh what you guys did at CSM and maybe some, some things from other students. So first let's talk about your experience at CSM. Okay. So APTA conferences are always a PT family reunion for me. So I'm completely on cloud nine at conferences. 
But there were, like you said, there were about 3,000 plus students registered for CSN this year, and I made it my mission to try to meet every single one of them, which is probably why I lost my voice on day two, but it was phenomenal. Um, judging by the amount of passion and enthusiasm I saw from the students this year, the future is so bright. I love CSM, like I said, because I get to see um, all of you know the friends and the connections and what I consider my PT family at these conferences every year. Um, I got a, I got to sneak away from a few of the student assembly things to go to some fantastic sessions, including yours, Anne's, and Kyle's on direct access, which was phenomenal, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but um, I really see CSM, that's my big networking event. It's where I go to really hone in on what I'm interested in. So I'm very interested in pediatrics and PPS. So all of my sessions were molded around that. Um, this year at CSM, I also realized the amount of support of students from the leaders in the profession. I know myself, other students, my fellow board members, we all have had individual opportunities to sit down and chat with some of the leaders about involving students in their, you know, their sections, mm -hmm. committees, and task forces, because we are the future. And um, I'm really looking forward to see where these um, conversations lead. Um, it's really interesting and exciting to be involved and invited to have these conversations with leaders. And I really, I loved that. Um, as far as what the student assembly did this year, we actually have a board meeting every year at, at each meeting. Um, and this year we actually got to invo invite some of the students who are on project committees and who are core ambassadors to listen in on our meeting and to really see what we do as a board. So that was really, really interesting. We also have at every meeting um, an open forum. Um, this year we had a new, a brand new PT, a PT that was a new professional within the first five years, a practicing PT that I believe has been in practice for over 15 years and a, P, a practicing PTA. And students were able to ask them anything they wanted, and that was fantastic. Um, we also have a meet and greet that follows. Um, the board and APTA staff work so hard on providing opportunities for students at conferences, so it was great to see all of that hard work really pay off at CSN this year. And those type of, how you said, a uh, meet and greet or... Um uh, Q and A's with current PTs. Does that happen not just at the at the national level, but do you find does the student assembly help to set that up at state levels or local levels, things like that? I mean, I don't know. I, I no, I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm just sort of thinking off the top of my head that that would seem to be like a really great thing to do. Yeah, and actually that's part of the role of our core ambassadors. So they're in these states and a lot of them are involved in their um, student special interest groups within their state. And at any point that they need help in, or assistance in, in setting something like that up, we're there for students to try to help them mold and tell them you know, how we did it. And hopefully that it'll work the same for them in their state. Um, I don't know of any specific opportunities that we've had so far since November, but if any student that's out there is looking for that you know I mean we're, we're here to help them great great I mean it just seems to me like that's such a great a great opportunity for a student to kind of reach out to now of course a lot of their professors have maybe they may be full-time professors some are adjuncts who are working with patients but I think it's nice to get an outside perspective 
you know, outside of academia in, in different, uh, in, in the different areas of physical therapy, whether it be oncology, acute care, outpatient, home health, you know, the, it should kind of run the gamut. But I think that, uh, that sounds like it would be a really fun thing to do. And I know actually a lot of the sections at CSM offer that same kind of session Mm -hmm. for students who may, you know, who may be involved in the different sections, but I agree. I think that would be great. You know, something to see on the state and local level with students as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. Um, Okay. So let's getting back to CSM. What, what did you feel was the mood of the students at CSM? I definitely think that the students were so passionate this year. I think students are always passionate, but I feel like students are feeling like now they have more of a voice, like that professionals and the leaders are are looking to us, you know, I actually had a professional come up to me and say, you do not realize that we feed off of the energy of the students. And I was just kind of taken back. I was like, really? Like, Seriously, I've been holding back. I was like, I'm here. I was like, you've been holding back. What? (laughs) So I really think that that was it. I think, you know, students, we're the future. And I think students are really starting, you know, to realize that, that we can have an impact. So I think that's what it was. Yeah. And, and I agree. I mean, I love talking to students and hearing students point points of view because it just kind of reignites in you as a practicing PT that sort of that passion, that hopefulness and, and all that stuff that comes along with being a student and being like so psyched about finishing your program and getting out there and making a difference with patients and in the real world and whatnot. Um, I was at the, at CSM, I was at the women in PT talk. Were you at that? I was not. I was working the student assembly booth. Okay. (laughs) So, but there were a couple of students there um, who made some really, really great observations and great comments about, you know, women in physical therapy, even from a student point of view. So she said, you know, one one girl stood up, woman, girl, stood up, eh, you know, gal, one gal. Gal's a good choice. We'll We'll say gal. One gal stood up and... I don't know what school she was from. I can't remember. But she's, what she found so interesting was that within her classes, so the day-to-day functioning of her classes, the, the, other, the other ladies um, were gals. Gals. Gals, gals. Yeah, the other gals were, you know, sort of leaders within the classroom. They would have no problems answering questions, saying, you know, announcements, things like that. And when it came time for for graduation and talking about what students are going to speak, not one woman or not one gal said, yes, I'll, I want to do this. I'll speak. It was more the, the men in the class who, who stood up to speak and yeah, which is kind of perplexing. And, and I don't know why that is. And, and, you know, this talk I think leads into a much deeper discussion of, of women in general and in society, but it was really great to kind of hear a student perspective on women in PT, you know, and because I don't know about you, but when I was in school, I had about 45 people and there were like eight men. There were eight guys and everyone else was women. I don't know. What is your program like that? Mine's pretty close to that too. Yeah. So, you know, with all these, these up and coming new female PTs, um, it's great to, 
to have you here as kind of a strong voice for new women coming up in the profession. I mean, I don't know, do you have anything you want to add or anything you want to say to, to those female DPT students up and coming and, and kind of finding your voice and putting it out there? I feel like we could have another four hour long conversation on this, I know. but I do feel like women in the profession need to know that they have an equal place. There is no reason that a student, a female student should not stand up and run for the president or run for every single, you know, position that there is out there. Um, I'm not trying to get on like the, the man hating train because that's not what I'm on by any means. But I think women just need to realize their value and their worth is just as much as their male counterparts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, part of that, that session of the women in PT, there was only two men there or three men I there. I didn't hear that because I asked, asked for feedback on it. Um, yeah, and one of them was gone. One of them was John Childs, and he was on the panel. Larry, ben, Larry Benz was there for, for a little bit, and there was another gentleman there, and that was it. But I think that had a little bit to do with, like, I think when people flip through the syllabus of, of, of CSM, they're like, women in PT, oh, not for me. It's probably just for the ladies. You know, I so I think like, that the title was a little misleading, but I would have liked to have seen more men there because it's not about a group of women sitting around saying, well, I don't know why these men do blah, 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 blah. It was, you know, truly really trying to have a very thoughtful and present conversation about the value that women can bring into the profession in a leadership role, you know, and, and in a C-suite role, quote unquote, C-suite role. Uh, so to speak, but you know, it, it was it was a really great talk, and and hopefully, um, if that talk happens again, maybe we'll rename it and have you know have a, a more broader conversation. Because I would have liked, like Larry had something very very uh, profound to say, you know, about. I definitely agree. I that. think. I mean, I would uh-huh. love to see. I mean, even like a fifty fifty audience. I think. Yeah. I think any. In, Working together in a profession, I mean, there are, I mean, there are males and there are females in the profession. And I think too, like it's almost a good place for, you know, some business owners or, you know, partners or just even PTs who happen to work with women to come in and see and and hear some of even the struggles that we face as females in the profession. So I'm looking forward to that. If we, I think we need to get a CSM 2016 proposal ready now. I think, I think there is. is there one, I, I think there's, I believe there's one in the works. You have to ask Sandy Hilton about that, but I believe there's one in the works. Well, I back um, you up, Sandy. And if you're not doing it, then you need to do it now. Yeah. And now do you feel as, you know, as a student, because, you know, now the physical therapy student life is much different for you than it was for me many years ago. Um, I, I have to say I never felt the 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 female male issues. I've never, to be honest, I've never really felt that I was any different than a male counterpart um, uh, in my career in, in general. Um, but do you feel at this time as a student, do you feel any any difference as far as as being a, a female student or male student? I mean, I can't. I, I don't, I really don't. I, yeah, I, I feel yeah. like, I mean, I, I hope at least as a society, we're coming to a point where, you know, eventually that's not going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. The only issue that I really have and that, you know, 
has been spoke about many, many times is the salary difference. Of course. Yeah. But, you know, we can talk about that until we're blue in the face too. Yeah. And, yeah, but, and again, that's a wider societal issue as well, you know. But as far as independent of PT, as far as our profession, I really don't feel any lesser, and I don't think anyone would be like, "Oh, well, she's a girl. We're not gonna, or a gal, or a yeah, female, a lady." We're not, you know, we're 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 not gonna hire her. We're gonna yeah. hire Joe instead. I don't see that. I really yeah. don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't see that uh, either. But you know, hopefully that that is not the. Uh, that would never be the case. Um, so a- as I just kind of said, PT life for you, student life for you is much different than it was for me years ago. Because when I was a student, there was no social media. You know, there's no Twitter. There's no LinkedIn. There's no Facebook. None of that. How stuff. did you do it, Karen? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't even have, a, there was no laptops. I didn't have any of that. You know, I had to go, if I needed something, I had to go to the library. I couldn't just Google it, you know? So I don't know. I don't know how I did it. Looking back on it, it's fairly amazing. And, you know, obviously, you know, it, it now is, is much different. But so let's talk about sort of the, the use of technology and social media as far as being a PT student is concerned, because I think it's a huge, I know as a, as a PT, it's a huge, huge part of, of what I do as a PT and where I get some really great information. So how does the, the, let's start with sort of social media. How does that affect you as a PT student? So I wish I would have fallen into the Twitter world well before last year. So I started using Twitter before, well, as soon as I signed up for CSM, actually, um, last year. So I've been on for about over a year. And I can tell you that I have learned more from being on Twitter than I have from any single class that I've taken. I pray that none of my professors hear this. But it, it's, it's, I'm being dead serious. So for me, I feel like there's such a great community rallying around DPT students, especially on Twitter. I can be looking for an article or looking for feedback on a technique, pop it out on Twitter and have 30 responses in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's such a great tool to, you know, to facilitate learning and professional growth. Um, just as an example, earlier this week, we had Dr. Ben Fung Google Hangout in with our DPT advocacy group on campus just to talk to us you know, about getting a job and you know, what to do with loans and things like that. And that connection would have never been made unless we were using social media. Like how were, you know, how would we have found been halfway across the country or all the way across the country, you know, if it weren't for social media. Yeah, no, I mean, I I agree a hundred percent. I really don't know how I did it back in the, uh, in the late (laughs) nineties. I don't know how I did it. Um, I mean, we had to like look through physical paper journals. Oh no. Can you imagine? (laughs) And I can't tell you either how many articles I've been looking for and did not have access to and was contemplating buying them and then I would just pop on Twitter hey does anyone have this article and I'll have like five dms hey I have it what's your email address yeah saving money one tweet at a time (laughs) saving money one tweet yet another reason to get involved as a DPT student even if it's just for Twitter chats chats. that is it I completely agree (laughs) even if it's just for a tweet chat um so what about um you know, you're a strong Twitter user. What about Facebook or LinkedIn? Is that as 
So I, um, right from the student assembly perspective, um, I utilize you know, Facebook and so and Twitter to push out information to mm-hmm. students. I feel like on Twitter we have such a you know a group of students who are you know so interested in, in in getting involved and you know they absorb all of the information. I feel like sometimes maybe I struggle a little bit more with the people who are on Facebook. Maybe they see the information um, but they don't respond to it or they don't like it or you know there's nowhere to retweet it. But you know sometimes they share information. Um, I do utilize you know both forms. I am not a LinkedIn user. I feel like I should probably get those I'm applying to jobs soon. So yeah. I should probably LinkedIn, but what do you think that some of the benefits of using LinkedIn would be? Do you use that or? Um, I, I use LinkedIn minimally at this point, but I'm trying to get into it a little bit more, but LinkedIn does have some really great groups that have like thousands of people in them, you know? So that's something to think about. So when you do your LinkedIn profile, even if you just like, if you're searching for groups, just put physical therapy, There are tons of different groups. There's evidence-based. There's an evidence-based physical therapy group. I know I'm part of like hospital for special surgery, physical therapy group, because that's here in New York City. There's a forward-thinking LinkedIn group. So there's a lot of different groups that just have thousands and thousands of people in them. Um, I think- Now I have fear of missing out. Now now I need to go make LinkedIn like right now. Yeah. So there's thousands of, of um, and maybe there is even a student group. I, I don't know. You know, there, there quite, may, quite possibly may be a student group that I, I mean, I wouldn't know because I wouldn't be a part of it, but um, I, just because I'm not a student doesn't, I don't know. Anyway, um, but I think there are a lot of ways to, to really utilize LinkedIn. I utilize it very minimally at this point. I'd like to kind of start using it more. Um, I'm actually going to try and interview someone about how to really utilize LinkedIn because I think it's one of those social media uh, sites that a lot of up and coming, like new grads and students don't really utilize that much um, because... and. it just seems like something that might be only for professionals or only for more seasoned professionals, but it can be a great place to find a job. Hmm. Well, maybe I'm going to have to look into that. Something to think think about for LinkedIn. But, you know, again, I am not a LinkedIn expert by any means. Um, But uh, it it can be, I think, pretty useful for making more connections. Um, Because some people aren't on Twitter. They're not on Facebook, but most professionals are on LinkedIn. Okay. So I think so, that's yeah, we, for the most part though, we are, you know, Twitter, Facebook and our monthly newsletter that goes right. out for, you know, maybe students who aren't on social media sure. um, go straight to their email and, you know, they can find all the involvement opportunities that I post about on um, Facebook and Twitter there. And what is the Facebook group? What's the name it, of the Facebook group? The student assembly, APTA is, student assembly. Let me, I'm tired. Let me. <laughs> I know, poor Brooke. She's been in class all day, and it's a yes. It is APTA Student Assembly. I knew I, I wasn't Sunday. crazy. Yes, yes, all class all day on a Sunday. Oh, what kind of school is that? Um, and that what about? And how about how can people opt in to get the newsletter? So it automatically goes to every student who is an APTA member. Okay, great. And for non-members, they can go. They can go to the APTA website, and that is. Under it's actually under current students and then under student news. Okay, so you don't have to be a member to get the newsletter. Don't let me lie to you. 
I mean, I, I do know. not, I do not believe so. Okay. No. And I post it on, I actually also post it every month on social media, on Twitter and Facebook. Okay. I post links to the pulse for students who may not get it to, into their email. Okay. I'm actually going to follow up with you about that. I don't think that you have to be a member to get it, but I'm actually not sure. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll find that out before this airs. We'll, we'll figure that one out. Okay. Um, so we're kind of winding things down here. So before we, we end the interview, um, what I want you to, to kind of give to the listeners is what are the most, what are the most meaningful things about being a DPT student, most meaningful to you and from what you hear from students at large? And again, give us like a short synopsis of why they should be part of the APTA. Let's just end with that. So what are the most meaningful parts of being a DPT student? So for me, the reason that I chose this profession was because like most people in it, I wanted to help people, but I did not want to, you know, see a patient for five minutes. I wanted to know my patient as Bob, his wife wants him to take tango lessons. He wants to garden and he wants to play golf with his grandson. And he happened to have a total knee replacement three days ago and needs to get back to those things. I didn't want to know them as a chart number. Mm-hmm. That is why I chose the profession. And, you know, that's really what keeps me going as a DPT student. Um, and as far as students being involved in, in the profession, I feel like you have, you have to do it. There, there's no other way around it. Um, from the networking to the mentoring to your professional responsibility, I just really think there's no way around being involved in the student assembly. I've met some of my best friends through being involved in the APTA. Um, knock on wood, I've, I've hopefully found the job that I want to take one day through it as well. Um, and I just really challenge students to, like I said before, you know, to find their value. And if they're struggling with that, then, then reach out and we need to do a better job as an assembly, you know, to help students find that. So I'll be looking for feedback on that as well. Great. Well, Brooke, thank you so much for taking the time at the end of a very long day to, uh, to do this interview. And again, to, if you want, uh, if you have questions or comments for Brooke, you can find her on Twitter at Brooke McIntosh. You can find me on Twitter at Karen Litzy NYC. You can find the student assembly on Twitter, which is at A-P-T-A-S-A. Correct? Is that all that right? That's it. We got it. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. All right. And thank you all for listening. Have a great week and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart.